10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. one of us from Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Welcome to 2016. The views expressed on this special broadcast of the Take 12 Radio Show do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. A very scary experience. You know, God is a solution. God is a step. I like where he's going here. Helps the community grow, helps us grow. Bonnie, <laughs> Bonnie has done a phenomenal job. Lack of open-mindedness. And you're talking about taking people through a spiritual process, getting them into recovery. Thanks, Monty, uh, and thanks for all your support. We need spirituality to make this thing work long-term. It's an absolute pleasure. He certainly knows a lot of people. This is one of the places that is about the business of the solution. And now, it's the over-opinionated 12-stepologist, The Monty Man. Welcome aboard, everybody. All you happy people, welcome to 2016. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. This is our New Year Day show. Welcome to a brand new year. Uh, you, you know, I I, I really kind of dug the beginning of that, that, that intro there. What do you think, Marcia? You like yeah, that build up? I did. Got you excited. Got you yeah, ready for really to excited. get got you ready to be excited about paying a whole new set of bills, Mark 2016. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not excited. Oh that. my <laughs> goodness sakes. Listen, if we say something you don't like, so what? <laughs> it's my show. <clears throat> We got some email. We got some email last week from some people that really are upset with me. And uh, I just want you to know that you can do that. Because, listen, if, if, if I agree and get along with everybody that thinks the way I do, I'm probably not going to grow. I'm probably not going to mature. It's okay to disagree with me. It's fine. Our email address is take12radio at comcast.net. That's the number 12. And you can listen to the show in a number of ways. Um, you can listen to it in all sorts of different ways by simply going to take12radio.com. That's T-A-K-E, the number 12, or the word 12, either one, radio.com. You can follow us on Podomatic, become a Podomatic member, and download the app. You can get it for your iPhone. You can get it for an Android device. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to us through an email blast on the website. Or you can just click on the play button on the website. Or when we post it on Facebook, you can click on the play button. And you can listen to all of our archive shows on our YouTube page. 
which is youtube.com forward slash Monty Meyer, M-O-N-T-Y-M-E-Y-E-R. So there's no reason, right, Marsha, whatsoever, that that you should ever miss out on the world's oldest recovery talk and positive music station still broadcasting. I don't know how we do it. Don't either. (laughs) We do it. We do it by the grace of, of a loving God. And, and the power that's behind that. Well, on the show today, uh, and I, I told you last, I told you on Wednesday uh, that we were going to be talking about what it's like being married to an alcoholic. And I, I, that's all I told you. I didn't really go into any more depth. This is going to be a little more than just that. I'm just trying to tickle your ears there to get you to tune in. Uh, this show is entitled Married to Addiction. Now, addiction is not limited to narcotics. Please understand that. Addiction can be anything that where the tail is wagging the dog. Addiction can be addiction to overspending, addiction to gossip, addiction to people. We call that codependency. Addiction to to substances. Uh, we call that chemical dependency. Uh, you know, uh, alcoholism and so forth. Um, but this this show is is kind of special because we've got two married couples sitting in the studio uh, right now. And uh, one of them is Martin W., who's married to Kathy W. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> See how they did that? You, yeah, know, you can tell they're married. We're so in tune. The other couple is my wife, Marcia. Hi, Marcia. Hi. And myself. Now, Marcia, for those of you who have gotten letters from us or interview confirmation letters signed by our PR person, Marcia Meyer, that's her voice. Mm-hmm. Say Hello. Yeah. Hey. Hey there. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. There. <laughs> uh, without 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 Marsha, there's there's no way that I would still have my sanity, and I'm not so sure I have much of it left anyway. No, I, I shouldn't have my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about what it's like to be married to somebody that's uh, that's you know an addict. Whether they're in recovery, have you experienced being married when they weren't in recovery? What was that like? Um, Some of you out there are married to someone else who is probably not doing as well as you are. Or maybe you're not doing as well as your spouse is. But you tune into this show. We have what we, we believe is more than just a method to recovery, but a solution as well. Um, there's no power in the 12 steps. Now, see, if I just stopped right there, I'd get all sorts of mail. <laughs> the 12 steps are there to show us our need for a power. Mm-hmm. It's a method to help us develop a relationship with our creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, not everybody's on that same page. A lot of people go to meetings. A lot of people go to, uh, you know, Alcoholics for Christ, Alcoholics Victorious, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Celebrate Recovery, Overcomers Outreach, but they never do anything more than be a spectator. And they don't get well. And they wonder why. Uh, And so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So I just want to welcome Martin and Kathy and Marsha Mm -hmm. uh, to the show. And thank you guys for being willing to come aboard and and talk about Mm -hmm. some of this stuff. So... Kathy, you're kind of in the field. You're an emissions person for a treatment facility, true? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. And, and and so you see people come and go a lot, right? Oh, yeah, every day. Yeah. yeah. is it Does it break your heart sometimes? Oh, yeah, it is pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's also really rewarding too because At I know time, yeah. I see a lot of people that um, you know really want to get into recovery and there's people that have gone into recovery and fallen back mm-hmm. and um, and they'll come back and they come back yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a miracle by itself that's just a miracle and the greatest part of it is that I get to see <clears throat> recovery happen yeah yeah. Yeah, now Man, that's a blessing. Now, Martin, what do you do for a living? I'm a millwright, uh, welder, fabricator. He's a fabricator. Is he a fabricator? Uh, yeah, fabricate <laughs> things. Fabric- yeah, of all things. <laughs> so, okay, so let's let's do what they call qualifying here a little bit. We'll start with you guys, and then we'll ask Marcia. Um, so, which one of you got into recovery first, and how'd you meet? So, who wants to start? I got into recovery first. Okay. And I don't know if you, I, I would call it recovery. I was, um, I started first. Uh-huh. <laughs> he has more clean time. <laughs> um, yeah. When you so, say started, you mean like going to meetings? I was, or? Uh, well, I, I was given an ultimatum. So I. Not just uh, the judge? Uh, the PO. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not a jail girl, you know, so I was told, hey, you know, you're having problems and, um. You can either go to jail or go to treatment. And I said, well, I'll go to treatment because uh, sure. I don't really like jail. Yeah, doesn't sound too nice. <laughs> yeah. um, so I did that, you know, and I struggled um, pretty hard through the first year. And Why do you think that is? That you, I mean, like going to the meetings and stuff, you struggled? or I wasn't really invested. I thought I was just there to do what I had to do. Mm. I was jumping the hoops to get them off my back. Right. Basically. Right. Um, right. I thought that I could go about my using and um, there was so much denial in my world that I didn't realize it was even there. I was like, yeah, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. You know, the why sure. don't they leave me alone thing. I'd be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, that whole kind of thinking right. that I had. And so I just, um, you know, I thought I could go about my using and, and get away with it. Well, it didn't turn <laughs> I out found too well. out, <laughs> I found out I couldn't. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then when I really did try to stop, I was like, okay, so I thought I was going to sneak around and use and got caught. Then I thought, okay, we're really going to try. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I really can't stop Mm. (laughs) and that's when i realized i I did have a problem and i was like i can't stop you know someone puts it in front of me i'm gonna use it right so um it was kind of a turning point for me but i struggled for the first you know i relapsed several times i was thinking that you know i could save other people and (laughs) bring them with me and sure and that was a fiasco and you know, just a lot of different things happened in that first year. And then the last time I used, um, I was using at somebody. I'll show them. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I was mad, so I, I used at someone and really realized that I was only hurting myself. Sure. Because it didn't bother them at sure. all. Sure, sure. So, so were, were you attending on, on some kind of regular basis a 12-step support meeting? Once I finally got, even actually, yeah, even when I realized that I was having a problem, I was really trying. Yeah. 
I was attending meetings and um, I wasn't working the 12 steps. I was just, uh, like you said earlier, a participant. I was showing up. I was drinking coffee. I was socializing. Right. You know, um, doing all that. And I had a sponsor, but I never called her. And mm. I still have the same sponsor. She's uh-huh. awesome. <laughs> She's put up with me for all these years. Wow. Um, <laughs> She's great. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I was just showing up. And yeah. I, then I started doing service work. And the service work really helped me to kind of be a part of and really get yeah. involved. Um, get with out the of program, yourself. Get out of myself and mm-hmm. show up, say, you know, because if I didn't have to show up for this meeting and chair the meeting, then... You know, I would be at home and probably you. So I think that that was a huge thing in, in my early recovery that kept right. me focused. But and is service work by itself going to keep you sober? Oh, no, no. Right. It took a lot of things. Um, it took the um, the meetings. It took treatment. It took residential treatment. It took yeah. some more treatment. Um, it took uh, legal issues. It took... Um, financial issues, losing my license. It took uh, working the steps, finally. Mm. Finally. It took me forever because I didn't want to do the work. I didn't. Right. I figured, you know, I was doing a lot of work in treatment, doing all the meetings, focusing on other things. And so it took me a long time to get started on the steps. But once I did, I realized how freeing it was. And you have now how long? Um, 11 years. 11 years. 11 years. So something yeah. changed. And we'll talk about it. We're going to come back to that. Uh, <clears throat> Martin, what about you? What 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 was your story, man? What were you doing out there? You know, things weren't always, you, you probably weren't looking as good as you are right now, right? Not quite as, <laughs> not quite as serene. Uh, I came in at about 124 pounds. Wow. Um, I'm 175 now. Which is a little too healthy. Next, <laughs> next, next we will be divulging our ages. <laughs> but yeah, I was. I didn't look like I do now. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, our stories are somewhat similar mm-hmm. as far as um, <clears throat> the way we came into recovery. I didn't really have recovery at the first. I thought that using was my problem. Right. And. Um, well, really, at the first, I didn't have a problem. My problem was the rest of the world. Sure. So that was my attitude. For the first six months, I was just, like Kathy said, I was jumping hoops. And um, I had been in and out of jail <clears throat> too much. And so I had a choice between treatment and going to jail again. Actually, they were going to revoke my probation. And my probation officer said, you're going to do some time, like nine months. And I, well, I didn't want to do nine months in the county. Um, I said, I'll do the treatment. <clears throat> so I had no, I had a, the intention of just doing the treatment and then going back to what I was doing. And so for the first six months, it was just kind of going through the motions, doing what was required of me. Yeah. And um, they had a nice little uh, thing and treatment where if you stayed compliant for 30 days, they would provide you with a, an apartment. And that's what I wanted. Mm. I wanted a space of my own. I knew what I wanted, but God knew what I needed. <laughs> mm, so there go. was a process that, <clears throat> yeah. and I didn't know all that stuff now, but looking back, I can see where events, certain events and things took place that God's hand was really in 
all of this stuff that happened. And, yeah. um, so for me, it was just a process of, you know, I, I, I wanted the apartment, so I stayed compliant. I did really did the meetings, but I wasn't really there for me because I didn't have a problem. <laughs> Right. Um, so right because you weren't <clears throat> using, so that way you're not you don't have a problem because well, using was your problem. You thought, well, yeah, I, you know, I, obviously I kept going back to jail and uh, yeah. I was sick. I was a late stage addict and I was sick. If I wasn't, if I wasn't high, I was not good. Oh, so sobriety it, was the problem. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For a while, it seemed that way, yeah. you know, until I got yeah. some clean time and then I started to feel better mm-hmm. and. The people that I was in recovery with were serious about their recovery. I was a good, surrounded by a good core group of people. Um, and so it just started to be, uh, you know, I met some people that were doing a lot of meetings. And I didn't have, you know, I didn't have any responsibilities other than treatment. So it got to be where I was going to a lot of meetings. You know, I would do like 14 meetings a week. Mm which is about two meetings a day, and we did that, you know, Mm -hmm. consecutive. But I had people that had been in recovery that were doing recovery that took me there. They Mm -hmm. said, I'll come and get you, you know. And so um, it got to where, it got to be where I thought, you know, I'm starting to feel good. Yeah. And I like that. I'm putting on some weight. And um, I could see the difference in myself, and I could see the difference and people at the meetings where I went, I you know, they had something that I admired. I mean, they were happy. And it was different than the first six months. I thought they were all lying. I mean, you know, I got <laughs> right. 13 years clean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. so it was like, yeah, so uh, things after the first six months started to change for me in that um, I started to want to be in those places. I wanted to be in the meetings. I wanted to um, do volunteer work and um, got, you know, involved in Mm -hmm. more of the running of the meetings and Mm -hmm. chairing the meetings. And, um, you know, uh, so it it just was a slow process for me. But God never was really in the picture. It was just, you know... Going through the motions of the Going through the motions, but... But it was improving, it was improving, yeah. and I saw things in other people that had been in recovery that I, I really wanted what they had. I started to desire that, mm-hmm. and so a willingness started to happen Ooh, to me. Nice, nice. That, you know. Yeah. It, so even though God was in the picture, you thought he was in the picture. <laughs> he was in the <laughs> he picture. Was, he was working on you. God definitely yeah. was working in my life um, without my... Uh, Acknowledgement. I mean, yeah. I didn't acknowledge yeah. that. So, yeah. And, and we'll we'll get back into that some more because I want to talk a little a little bit about celebrate recovery, uh, and your guys' involve, involvement in that. Um, but let's switch over to Marsha. Now, Marsha is a unique. Uh, Sounds like I'm weird or something. <laughs> creature. <laughs> um, I don't have horns or no. <laughs> So, so you're be bopping along life, right, honey? Uh-huh. I mean, you know, you're you're doing the church thing. You, you mm-hmm. know, you're a preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenal folks, uh, parents, a large family. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody says, "I have someone that you should date." Right. What was that about? Yeah. Um, so my brother and sister-in-law thought that I needed to um, date 
someone and they had in mind and our pastor's wife knew Monty and she was telling him uh, the same thing basically and oh you need to meet Marsha and I'm hearing you need to meet Monty and so they decided to set up a blind date so I knew <laughs> that Monty worked at Team Challenge I didn't have an understanding really of what I thought he worked there I didn't know he was a uh, uh, <laughs> I want to. I think it was member, but that's not the right word. You didn't. You, uh, did, you didn't know that I had gone there as a right, client, yeah, right? That you were a, a client. Yeah. That's the word. Um, so <laughs> you know, hey, that's that's great. So we had our blind date, and um, you know, continued dating, and then in the middle of that, probably not even. Oh, gosh, it's hard to remember, but I don't know, maybe two months yeah. within the two months, uh, Monty relapsed. And, and by the way, let me just let me just say I was the first outreach coordinator for this area for Teen Challenge. Mm-hmm. They didn't have an wow. outreach department hmm. and they they saw some talents and they saw some things. So they put me in charge. I mean, I had graduated the program. They put me on staff and put me in charge very quickly mm-hmm. and two months, two months into our relationship. I had mm-hmm. I had a vacation first mm-hmm. time that I didn't know anything about addiction. You guys, it was Teen yeah. Challenge. I knew a lot about discipleship, but nothing about addiction. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. So uh, my pastor at the time was the director of Teen Challenge, mm-hmm. and so he knew my family, you know, well, and so he went in protective mode over me. Um, knowing that Monty relapsed, and so he called me into his office and set me down. My brother was with me, um, kind of for support. I, I They called me in but didn't tell me what had happened, so I had no idea what was going on. I think my brother did. I think they gave him a heads up. I'm not sure because I think they didn't know how I would was going to react to it, and so I'm sitting there and I'm going, I, I'm, I'm not understanding because I had no idea that he was a drug addict, you know? <laughs> so it's like everything they were saying was, um, you're like, what? Totally like <laughs> foreign to me. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of how our whole dating life really was about. And so I had to make a decision. Am I going to, mm-hmm continue in this relationship or, you know, and I was told by several people, you know, you need to give him a second chance. Um, and <coughs> I, forgiving comes easy for me. I don't hold on to uh, resentments or that's, uh, that's not, it's easy for me to get past those things and move on. And so um, I was. I was willing to give him a second chance. Not really. I really didn't know what that meant. Give him a second chance for what? She had no idea you know? there would be like was 30, 30 other second chances yeah. coming down the road. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so I was pretty naive, very naive about what all that really meant. But um, I did care about Monty. And, and uh, at that time, it was just purely a friendship. And, uh, so yeah, I was willing to give him a second chance and, and, um, yeah. And then 
Do you want me to go into the whole? Yeah, thing? we'll come. We'll come back to that. We're gonna take okay, a break. Okay. And, and when we come back, I want I want to know how you guys met, what brought you guys together, uh, and, and then uh, we'll just kind of pick it up from there on our okay. topic of married to addiction. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Free by the Sea is a drug and alcohol recovery center located in beautiful Ocean Park, Washington. This facility is amazingly gorgeous, but what's even more amazing is the integrity of the staff and the treatment provided for those wishing to recover from narcotic and alcohol addiction. The folks at Free by the Sea have a passion for presenting the solution to addiction for you or your loved one. To speak with an admission specialist, visit FreeByTheSea.com or call toll-free 800-272-9199. This place is simply amazing. Yes, indeedy. Welcome back, Sister Sledge. We are family, and uh, we we know. Hey, listen, I remember I remember uh, Marsha's brother saying something. He didn't even know how right he was, mm-hmm. but they were saying, "Well, this is Monty's the one that's got the issues. We don't have issues." And he goes, "No, no, this is affecting our whole family." Remember, he said that. Mm-hmm. He was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, how did you guys meet? Were you both in recovery at the time? Well, <laughs> uh, we met briefly before we both got into recovery. Yeah. And um, really, there was nothing there between us. The, the first time we met, we were both in our addiction. Okay, so you knew um, each other prior to recovery. So just, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. not really. I mean, he came to my house once. Mm-hmm. and Okay, so he just. It was like he was him. with somebody I knew and. and uh, and he was talking about, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to this year-long program, and I'm going to get clean. And I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pass it over. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then uh, we met again. In recovery, in our treatment program we met. With oh, you were at the same treatment program? Yes. We were. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you saw each other and went, I know you. Well, I know you. <laughs> what are you doing here? Huh? What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were just friends and, you know, yeah. supporting each other in our recovery. And um, uh, like Martin had said, uh, we, and it's just amazing how um, when we look back at the, the way that things happened and all of the things that happened, you know, the legal issues and that, you know, the one after another that happened with me. A cop came to my door to arrest me for a dog at large ticket, and I got another drug charge. It was just like <laughs> on a Friday night. I'm thinking, what? Wow. <laughs> you know, just as, as, as the events that went down yeah. that got us to both of us in the same treatment. Wow. It's just amazing that God was working in both of our lives, and neither one of us knew it. He's uh, the great orchestrator. Oh, he? my goodness. It's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we were just friends for the first... About seven months of treatment. Seven we just, months and so... And, and then we started dating after about seven months. We I think I asked her out on a date. and Were you both out of treatment just, at that point? Pardon? Were you both out of treatment at that point? No, we were in no. treatment, and we weren't supposed to start relationships in treatment. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we the world knows now. <laughs> the world knows oh. now. Yeah. 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 But 
anyways, yeah, it was, it's an awesome thing that it happened. I mean, for us now, it's looking back, it's awesome that yeah. we met and that we did. I mean, so we we dated for about three months in treatment, and then um, we split up. And we were, I don't know how long were we split up, maybe six um, months, yeah. four months, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know... Um, like I was going to say that we were surrounded by so many people. Both of us were mm-hmm. surrounded, had in that first uh, six or seven months we were in treatment together and stuff. We were so surrounded by people in recovery that were just um, put there. Mm. Yeah. It was, they were put there with us and um, it was by no mistake. Ordained. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Timely um, or ordained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I thought that I was going to go ahead and give my my children's father a second chance because he had just gotten out of prison. I thought, okay, well, I'm going to give him another chance and mm-hmm. set Martin aside for a little while, which was really hurtful for him. So, mm. um, Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Evidently, that <laughs> didn't work out because here you guys are. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, we were separated for a while and... Um, that was a really hard time. I bet. It was a hard time. And I ended up relapsing because I thought, you know, I thought, well, you know, he'd gone to prison all these times. And whenever he went to prison, I was out here using. And so I thought, well, maybe it was my fault that he'd come out of prison clean mm. and end up using. I thought, well, maybe it's my fault. I need to give him a chance and be clean. So I did that <laughs> for my kids. I was thinking, you know, because I was yeah. taught, you know, for you know, stay together for your kids, and so I tried that and realized that he was, you know, and I was still going to treatment. I realized that he was using at home while I was at group. Wow! And there was evidence. Were the kids at home? When well, my kids were, you know, they were running. They were teenagers. Okay, so they were. So they were kind of yeah. really happy to be. They were a little upset because I was paying more attention to them because I wasn't in my addiction anymore, but yeah. I was in treatment. <laughs> so, you know, they would push me to go to meetings, go to meetings. <laughs> Mom starts getting do. well and yeah. she becomes functional and now we now, can't now, play around as yeah. much. Yeah we, yeah, we can't get away with anything. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. <clears throat> so, um, and that was like my last relapse when I realized that he was using. I came home. I used at him. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. <laughs> and it was the worst thing ever happened. I mean, I was just like, I used and I was instantly so guilty. I was like, oh, I couldn't even come out of my room. Sure. And then it took a while for me to, I was like, it took a little while for us to get back together. Because I hurt him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Really bad. So did, did that... That that process that went on where you guys were separated and you were really hurt, mm. uh, Martin, did you use over that? No. <clears throat> wow. Why not? Because some people are going, why not? I mean, I would have. <laughs> I mean, right? Um, probably a, more than one reason. I think some was the fact that I had hope mm-hmm. that um, our relationship would be restored Um it was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do was to take her to lunch that last day and let her go and say goodbye to her. But, um, you know, my dad had always said that if you really love somebody, you don't, you don't hold them tight. Mm-hmm. You let them go. You, 
you love them freely. And um, I had to show that to her that day. And I can remember, you know, crying at lunchtime. And so I think I had hope that mm, our relationship would be restored. And at the same time, uh, recovery had started for me. Mm-hmm. And I had met some really great people in the rooms and, um, you know, they had accepted me right where I was at. Right. I was a sick person. Mm-hmm. Um, that gave you support too. They gave me, yeah, it gave me mm-hmm. support and they gave me their love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And that was something that, you know, I had started to cherish. And those relationships meant a lot to me. Because they'd been where you'd been. They had been where I, exactly. Yeah, they mm-hmm. could identify with the malady. They, they, they understood. But the thing that was great about it was, is they didn't, they weren't better than me. They didn't right. make me feel that way. They made me, they made me feel like I was, you know, on their level and a level playing field when really I yeah. wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the truth was that I knew that, you know, but that's that desire. I desired what they had. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be mm-hmm. that person. I wanted to, to have that peace and to have, you know, to be able to have something to give away. And I didn't, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I was spiritually broke and, um, but I was getting better physically, you know, I was right. starting to feel good. I was getting excited about, life's possibilities. So all this stuff put together and I was becoming busy in recovery with these people. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's a lot of the key stuff that um, kept me clean because I wasn't, you know, I hadn't worked the steps and I certainly didn't know God really. I mean, I knew who God was. Yeah. I was raised in a Christian home, but... <clears throat> you you weren't walking with him. You didn't have a relationship that was personal. And No, I mean, and I, point. you know, I didn't pray to God and I didn't have, you know, practice the faith thing that, you know, God's in control and no matter what happens, um, right. God is with me through thick and thin, whether it's good or bad. And that's yeah. what I have today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so, awesome. So. so let me ask you guys. Okay, so you got married, right? Mm-hmm. Um, have you both stayed sober? When I, now, now when, when we say sober, we mean without mind-altering substances. And I'm not talking about Tylenol PM. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, so you have. You yes. both stayed yes, sober. Yes, Oh, awesome. Has that been a challenge at times? I mean, marriage is work, right? I haven't had any trouble. You know, my my first thought is never to you know use or drink whenever we're having trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times when I think I'm triggered, and we talk about it, and I and there's times when he's triggered. And there's, you know, certain times like vacations, when we go on vacations, you know, um, everybody drinks on vacation, mm. but we don't. Um, yeah, at least you see we it, always, right? We talk about it. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> we kind of joke about it. Sure mm-hmm. would be nice to have a bottle of wine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then and then what? <laughs> and then what? And then what happens? And then yeah. what happens? We yeah. already know where that goes yeah. because it wouldn't be enough. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so you said something really key. You said when you feel like that, you talk about it. We do. Yeah. Do does one of you find it easier to talk about it than the other one? What would you would you say, Martin? That that Kathy, in your opinion, is able to talk about when she's feeling like that easier than you do. Uh, probably just the other, just the opposite. You I think, think you're easier to talk about? I it. talk too much. <laughs> 
What do you yeah, think, Kathy? What's true. your opinion? You think you, you, you yeah, agree with them? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hold stuff in a little bit. Oh. You know, I have these little thoughts that spin around in my head, and sometimes they come out. Blech. Right. Right. <laughs> so what? what has been... Okay, so how long have you been married? Eight years. The title of this show is Married to Addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make something really clear before we go any further here. It, that's kind of a hook. They call it a hook in broadcasting, right? We, maybe some of you out, out there are, but I know because I know where our faith is in this room. We are not defined by our illness. No, we are not. Okay, so, so literally you're not married to addiction, right? even right. though that's the name of the show. Um, but there was a time when you felt like you were joined at the hip with it, right? Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's all I knew. It's all you knew. It's all I knew. Right. So, yeah. We were raised that way. Yeah. So you have kids? Both of you guys? Yes, we do. We have lots of kids. Lots of kids. <laughs> lots of grandkids. We have, <laughs> oh, wow. Th- we have 13 yeah. grandkids and one on the way. Wow. <laughs> wow. Six and kids. Are, are, you, are you very open about your past and how you're living today with your children? Very. Our, our kids do they, know about our addiction. They're very familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. also very open about our faith mm-hmm. with them. Right. Very important to us to be. Mm-hmm. We pray at the dinner table, you know, mm-hmm. when they're there and, and when, when they're, they're not. not. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so did you, do, do you ever wake up th- thinking, I married an addict. What's up with that? I mean, is I mean, or do you ever, you know, one of you do something and you go, "You're such an addict," you know? <laughs> Does it kind of bleed We're over both in other just areas? Such addicts. Like, <laughs> I know. I think about myself. Oh my gosh, I'm such an addict. <laughs> it's not just the drugs and alcohol. It's like mm. re- food, chocolate. I, sure. I have a, you know, it's a chocolate addictive bent. Ooh, chocolate. Bad. <laughs> Work. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, work. Work, work. Mm-hmm. is also work. Mm-hmm. So you guys are both in a recovery program. You guys are both working a, a, a vital uh, 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 program of recovery. Is it ever tempting to try to point out to the other person maybe something that they should do? I mean, maybe if you applied that step a little stronger, you'd get over it. I mean, do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like... I think I've done that to him a lot. Yeah. Does she do have that you, to you? Have you talked to your sponsor about that? <laughs> oh, and that's cool. I mean, but that's cool for me. It's like good advice for her. A lot of times I won't reach out for help when I should. And, mm-hmm. you know, her just saying that makes me think, you know, I need to talk to somebody. I need to get on the phone and talk to either my sponsor or some, some of my support group um, mm-hmm. about, you know, different things. And that's how. That's where my success comes from today is not from myself and and you know it's from it's from God and from God working through other people so the more I reach out the more mm-hmm. you know s- success I have in my life and in my mm-hmm. recovery and that's the that's what makes this thing work it's not thank heavens it's not about me and it's not about <laughs> I didn't save myself so you guys are a good team we have to be a team. Yeah, yeah I'm a yeah. little codependent, and he's he's pretty no. upfront and forward mm-hmm. about things. He's like ah. doesn't have no 
no problems with saying people ha- exactly what it, he, he thinks or right. how he feels. And I'm just kind of, I'll walk around the bush a couple times. Yeah. You know. With yeah. It. Yeah. Well. So we kind of balance each balance You each know what they say, yeah. not all codependents are addicts or alcoholics, but all addicts and alcoholics are codependent. Mm. That's true. Right. So let, let, let's move to my darling wife over here. I'm going to throw myself under the bus, or I'm going to allow myself to fit, because I fit nicely under there. (laughs) What's it like being married to somebody that was an active alcoholic? I mean, you you did. You said several times, I never thought I'd marry somebody that went to prison. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, looking back, it's like, you know, my gosh, I, I can't believe that's definitely not what was on uh, my list of things I wanted in a in a mate. That's for sure. That was on your bucket on your no, list. No, that was not on my checkoff list. Um, but you know, our first we were just talking about for the show. Our first seven years um, was Monty uh, relapsing. I mean, it got to the point where I could count. Uh, you know, on the three, calendar. Right? Yeah, three months are coming up. Okay, one time I got, I was so angry. I said, okay, let's just schedule it on the calendar. Okay, let's mark out the weeks and how long it's going to be. And then, okay, this is when you're going to relapse. This is, I'll know when I come home from work that you're gone. I know you'll be gone three days. Then you'll come back and. Yeah, I, well, we'll I, just do it again because yeah. he was just in this cycle. Like, uh, that yeah. cycle I come walking yeah. through the door it's and she's writing recognize. this on the calendar. And I'm going, what are you doing? I'm just planning ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. And that kind of got him a little bit. And then in one of his relapse, I had, uh, you know, what's interesting is um, it's kind of like with each, each relapse for me, it was like, oh, my gosh. Who can I get support from and share this with? Because I would find different people each time. Because good codependent doesn't want this person to start thinking bad about my husband. Mm. And I never told my family, ever. I only, there's only one relapse that they knew about and I went to them about. And then that was the last time. Mm. No, it was you, know? last time. you learned your lesson with that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> but my parent, my parents were great, really. Your I mom mean, and dad, They, yeah, they knew nothing awesome. about addiction either, but they were very, um, they had a lot of faith. Um, and they had a lot of faith in me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they... They supported me no matter what it was. Uh, I remember my dad never ever said anything to Monty about his relapses, or or um, they never said you need to divorce him. They they never uh, none of that was ever said by them. The only time my dad, the one time when Monty was gone for a, a long period of time, like uh, thirty days, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, and it was right after we were married. Uh, we were only married. I remember we had gotten married and like two weeks later, they were throwing a bridal shower for me and I had no clue where Monty was, mm. had no oh. clue. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to go through this mm. shower like, yes, we're just a happy newlywed couple. And inside I'm just dying. Oh. Um, but my dad said, if, if, uh, if he was here right now, I'd kick him clear across the country. <laughs> and that's the only negative thing that my dad ever said. 
Yeah. He was, um, even though he didn't understand addiction, he knew that it was a problem. He knew that God was the only answer, mm-hmm. and um, they prayed a lot. <laughs> they did. Prayer yeah. works. And, and he knew he was he he was one of these he's one of these Christians that understood that just going to church and having a mm-hmm. a good devotional life wasn't going to solve the problem. He he knew there was a medical problem with a spiritual solution. Mm-hmm. He knew it was deeper than just behaving your way to sobriety. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they showed know. a lot of grace. Yeah. Um, tell the story. Tell the checkbook story. Okay. Uh, well, we weren't married yet, and Monty had come over to my and I still didn't. I mean, we went through this whole thing with, you know, he was at Teen Challenge. Um, he gets kicked out of Teen Challenge, basically. And so I'm still learning about what all this is about. I still don't understand what's going on. Um, Knew nothing about relapses, nothing. So he comes over to my house um, and he goes, it was a two story. He goes upstairs, use the restroom and he comes down and he goes to leave. And he's walking out of the door and I see my checkbook in his back pocket. (laughs) I knew that's what it was. There's no doubt that's what it was. And inside I'm going, he's got my checkbook. And it was like the Holy Spirit saying, get that checkbook out of his back of his <laughs> pants. And I'm going, you know, my, I'm having this little argument in my head. No, he went in denial. No, that he, he has my checkbook, but he's not doing anything with it. You know, and, you know, the Holy Spirit saying, uh, he is going to do something with it and you need to get it. <laughs> And I didn't, you know. You did it. I did not. Oh no. Nope. She said she was actually paralyzed. She tried to reach for it. She couldn't yeah, do it. Yeah, actually, I did. I reached I, out, I, and I could, I could not relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, I just could not go any further. I was oh. just inches from grabbing it. Because, because you want to believe the best, right? Right. You want to believe? Agree. No, this isn't really yeah. real. Yeah. And I, even though he had it, I didn't know what he was going to. It didn't cross my mind that he was going to write checks. Mm-hmm. And forge my name and put me in huge debt with the bank. Um, so I ended up having to go to the bank and say they were forged, which was hard to do. Um, I had to go to grand jury and admit that, yes, those weren't my, you know, I did not write those and that he did, which spun into a whole whole thing of its own we go to court um of course he gets not uh, six months six Mm -hmm. months jail um by that time by all it was really weird because from the time he did the crime to when he actually went to prison um i got clean you got you started to get clean started to get clean yeah and we had gotten married so I spent, we spent our first year anniversary, me sitting in minimum security and he across, yeah, across the glass. That was our first year anniversary. Mm, That must have been hard. It was, it was very hard. Found out I'm pregnant while he's, you know, and have to tell him through glass that we're having a baby and, Mm. um, unfortunately, but. God knows we, we did lose that one. Um, but you know, just a whole, 
And for so the first seven years, you know, that was our hardest. Yeah. Yeah, we went through a lot. Marcia, Marcia, um, one of the things, that, uh, we'll talk about the answering machine real quick before we take the, break, the next <laughs> break. Yeah, it was kind of interesting because, you know, you have this, I don't know, I they call it women's tu- intuition. Mm-hmm. I kind of had this attic intuition. <laughs> I just would sense that something was going on, you know, like in my spirit. I just knew that I, I was not comfortable. And so I would make a phone call. She'd be at work. I'd be at work. I worked out of town. Um, So I would make a phone call. And every time that he had relapsed, he would change the answering machine message. It was the oddest thing. And it Mm. would just confirm to me. It was almost like it was a message to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it was really weird. And I'd do it before I went out and used. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know. I didn't even realize I was doing that. Yeah, Mm. didn't know if he was... uh, already using and that was his message to me or yeah so it, it was a that was really strange but yeah every time that's kind of cool Amazing. it's like you're kind of connected so you can feel and sense that yeah yeah, yeah. it was yeah it, it was wild i don't i don't touch the answering machine <laughs> so there has been time after he got into recovery um there were a couple of times for whatever reason you know, either the electricity had gone out, and so we had to reset the answering machine. He would have a new message, and I, my heart would sink because I'm, I'm going back to the old, yeah. you know, what I knew, new answering mm-hmm. machine message. Okay, it means relapse. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah, but, you know, it got to be where that wasn't the yeah. case, but. But nice. it'd throw me off. Yeah. Throw me for yeah. a loop. Yeah. All right. We're, we're going to take, we're gonna take uh, our last break. When we come back, uh, let's talk about what we are all doing now and uh, what, what Martin and Kathy are doing um, with Celebrate Recovery, a okay. uh, faith-based recovery ministry that is worldwide. And uh, many of you are familiar with it. For those of you who are not, you will be when we come back. Don't go away. Serene Scene Magazine is published for individuals who are seeking knowledge, support, and hope. Addiction is a systemic problem, and the content of Serene Scene reflects the complexity of putting addiction into remission, with special attention given to the loved ones of the addict. And now, here's Andrew Martin, Editor-in-Chief for Serene Scene. I'm Andrew Martin, creator of Serene Scene Magazine. The whole purpose of Serene Scene Magazine is to help people help themselves to a long-term quality lifestyle of recovery. Please have a look at some of the technological features that it has, the audio files and the video files that are incorporated into the publication as well. I hope you have fun with it and I hope there's something there for you. Serene Scene, a magazine for long-term healthy lifestyles of recovery. Visit www.serenescenemagazine.com and subscribe today. It's a family affair. That's right. Truer words were never spoken when Stephen Pierce, my brother in law, said his actions are going to affect the entire family. And we didn't know. Marsha didn't know. I didn't know how true that was at the time. But it is a family thing. But so can recovery be. 
mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. definitely. Um, you know, the listeners, if they listen to the show for any length of time, it already know what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, without the support of, of my incredible wife, there's no way that, that I would be able to do this. Because I can't tell you how many times I've said, that's it. I'm selling the equipment. I'm selling the station. I'm selling the domain name. I'm done. And, she, you know, and she'll go, and then what? <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, but she'll encourage me. And, you know, because we go through stuff like that. Right. And so so it's no wonder that God meant us to have partners in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys, listeners don't know about what you guys do and how you're involved. Uh, and you, too, were involved in, in broadcast, uh, recovery broadcast ministry. You guys are involved in recovery ministry. And when we say ministry, those of you who are not um, quote-unquote Christians, don't freak out. Ministry just simply means ministering to the heart of an individual who's who's hurting or needs help. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it's not, you know, some weird, crazy word. Um, but in this case, this is a faith-based organization uh, started by Rick Warren and some other folks uh, many, many years ago. Well, not many years ago, but... Several years ago, but it's relatively new compared to like Alcoholics for Christ, Alcoholics Victorious, AA, NA, that kind of thing. Um, but there are there are a number of Celebrate Recovery meetings here in the Willamette Valley. The largest one and the probably the most uh, I, I would say probably the most powerful one uh, is the one at First Assembly on Tuesday nights. Is yes. that correct? Yeah, Tuesday nights. Night. So how did you guys get involved in Celebrate Recovery, and what do you do with them? Who wants to start? Uh, I'll start, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm a leader in uh, Celebrate Recovery at First uh, Albany First Assembly. And what's, um, that, what's that mean, Martin? Because some people, like at AA, you can say I'm a chairperson, uh, and that just means you got 90 days or whatever. There's a little bit more to it, though, in CR, right? There's a process to becoming a leader. You have to um, have a certain amount of clean time. You have to have worked through the steps, mm-hmm. the CR steps. And, of course, um, I had quite a bit of time when I came, when I started, helped start this group. At, right. The church kind of had been looking for um, a program, not, you know, a recovery program and uh the thing that really uh, attracted me to celebrate recovery was it, it's not just about uh, chemical dependency. It's like right. you talked earlier. Uh, addiction can be, you know, I, I could be addicted to work, food. Um, you know, we talked about codependency, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Um, What's the slogan? Hurts, hang-ups, and hurts, habits, and, habits and hang-ups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, so it's, and we've all experienced that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have never used drugs, but they have, They've experienced uh, great hurts in their lives or, you know, and we all have hang-ups that, you know, we, we either overcome or we can't overcome or we're struggling with. And um, that's what uh, Celebrate Recovery is all about. It's not just about uh, chemical dependency, um, alcoholism or anything else. So it's a broad spectrum. So it's going to the core of the issue, going to the core not just of the, the symptom. And offering the solution that... Jesus has offered us in his word. And so it's actually scriptural, and it, we go through right. this process scripturally um, and spiritually, and it's a, it's a great program. I mean, um, I, you know, to be able to express your 
uh, relationship with Christ and what he's done for you and that whole process that he offers us and that he teaches us. He, his whole life exhumed that uh, mm-hmm. uh, that process and uh, that, that gives us liberation and peace and freedom from our selfish nature. So it's, it's a wonderful program and yeah. a good process. Anyways, yeah. part of becoming a leader is doing, you know, certain requirements, but... Um, and that's a process that we all had to go through to get there. And um, and then it's just, you know, sharing with other people and bringing other people on board and being able to experience um, their recovery and see that. Like Kathy said, you know, the greatest gift that we have today is being able to be a part of and seeing people come in. And, you, you know, the I didn't see that in myself, but now I get to see how dark I was. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that miracle, as it starts mm-hmm. to happen, right? That there is nothing I, I, you can't describe it. Um, mm-hmm. it's just a, a gift from God that um, to watch people experience the yeah. miracle that God does in each individual's life. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not the same for anybody. It's different for all of us. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities. And they say, you know, <laughs> don't look for the differences. Look for the similarities. There's a lot of little cliches that. I learned when I first got into recovery that I picked up on, and, and that was were, one of were them. You, were, you, were you attending, like, AA before? I did. I started attending uh, AA and NA programs mm-hmm. for, you know, the first um, six, seven years. and So a lot of the lingo is actually in CR, too. It is. Yeah, because right. a lot of that stuff is, is pretty it, accurate. It, it mean, applies. Yeah, 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 yeah you bet. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's just a lot of... You know, those sayings are there for a reason, and they they apply to our lives, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's in AA or NA or or in the church or in a, uh, you mm-hmm. know, recovery program, a faith-based mm-hmm. recovery program. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Good. So. Good. Kathy, what do you do with CR? Um, well, uh, I'm also a leader. Uh, we do... The step working groups, we just um, completed the women's step working group for the second time. Um, so we start those up every, every. Um, they take about a year, nine months to a year to go through the steps. Um, we do them in a group setting. So it's very mostly, thorough. Mostly, but uh, mm-hmm. very thorough, yes. Yeah. Um, and then people are, it's still kind of like AA as far as getting a sponsor and working through some of the personal stuff on a one-on-one basis. But right. a lot of the stuff is done in a group setting um and it's such a healing process and it really it gets down to the core of the issue Mm -hmm. issues and really recovery um i think we were talking earlier about um about what it's like to be married uh, to an addict and i think that um we're all addicts or we all have something that we need to be in recovery there's no normies there is no normies normies, in this world um Everybody's had something, you know, something. And, and a lot of times, you know, the people who haven't worked a 12-step program, they have all that baggage that they carry around. And um, the 12 steps is such a process of free, freeing process of, of letting go of all that so that God can work through us and, um, and just uh, help us to work with others. And, um, and, and that's one of the things I really appreciate up, about the the leadership in the fellowship of celebrate recovery is that you do hold people's feet to the fire. You do. I mean, and they used to do that back in the founders day of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, they qualify you, you'd come in, they sit down. Okay. Are you an alcohol abuser? Or are you an alcoholic? Cause there's a difference. 
If you're mm-hmm. an abuser, you just need some basic life skills and a swift kick in the butt and on your way. But if you're actually an alcoholic, if you're allergic to this stuff, mm-hmm. there's there's treatment for that. And treatment for it isn't sitting around in a meeting talking about your day. Mm-hmm. It's actually doing mm-hmm. the work. Mm-hmm. And you guys hold people to that. And that's that's the reason things change, right? Right. Because right. you're actually adhering to this process. When yeah. I first came into recovery, I said, like, I thought my drinking or my using was the problem. And I was soon to find out that um, I was the problem. And so there's, you know, and I have stuff today. God's working in my life, you know, today on issues that and and that's what's so beautiful about being married to another addict is we get to I mean, we just kind of bounce off of each other and that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um I get to see where I need to change, you know, and um, she she helps me be aware of that. My sponsor helps me be aware of that, my support group. And uh, there's issues that I still hang on to and I need to work on. And so I'm grateful today that I get to be in recovery working on the problem Mm -hmm. so that I don't go back out. Mm -hmm. And the problem wasn't just my using. It was me. It's whatever about me that got me to that point of using in the first place and, you know, learning how to be in good relationships and be in healthy relationships and overcoming my insecurities and forgiveness, you know, Mm. forgiving myself and forgiving others. And that's such a great part in God's grace in my life. Right. You know, I experienced God's grace first through other people. I talked a little bit about the people that yeah. brought me on board, mm-hmm. and they showed me God's grace before I ever was aware of God in my life, and that He'd actually, you know, what yeah. He'd really yeah. done for yeah. me. But yeah, so it's just a really great thing, and it's a great thing to be able to be now in that process of, you know, showing God's grace to other people yeah. and being compassionate and to the person right. that's sick that comes in yeah. and they're sick and they're dark and they're lost and they. They have no hope, and to to love them and to just bring them in, you know, it's just an awesome thing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. And, that's great. And two, um, like like in the twelfth step, you know, working mm-hmm. with others, I think that um, in that whole process, it's like uh, it's a saying in the AA. They talk about the onion, peeling the onion, mm-hmm. and working with others. It's just interesting to me how we get to. You know, as we work with others, we I, I'm always constantly thinking, okay, what am I in denial about? Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> you know, because there's always something that I'm not in mm-hmm. denial. And they call it denial because we're not aware of it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. right. So um, God puts people in front of me to show me what denial I'm in. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah. And then so, there's, yeah. uh, my friend Chris Schroeder says, uh, there's denial and then there's diluted. Denial is where you're not aware. You're, you know, the, the the room is yellow and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. You just go, they go, what color is the room? I, I don't know. Diluted is the room is yellow and you're telling everybody it's white. <laughs> you, you know, and we yeah. kind of move from denial to diluted sometimes and we stay diluted thinking mm-hmm. if we just go to meetings, if we just have a phone number for a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Even if we just one of the things that that I talk about all the time is I I was depending on my prayers and not the one I was praying to. Wow. That was an eye opener. Mm -hmm. 
So so we end up depending on our behavior. I can't polish up the flesh. I need God for that. Mm-hmm. And and that's what the steps do for us is they they introduce us to our Creator. They help us to develop a relationship with them, and then there in that lies the solution. Because don't you guys think that unless God does something, unless He does a mighty work, we're probably not going to change. I know that's uh, that's a fact. Yeah, I think that uh, I'm living proof that God has done some mighty works yeah. <laughs> in yeah. my life. Yeah. And um, if you look at my children, the lives of my children today, um, they have been on our prayers. Uh, our, our children have been, it's just a miracle. I'm just yeah. really yeah. feeling uh, yeah. blessed lately. And um, actually always been blessed, but really um, grateful for answered prayers mm-hmm. yep. um, in that area. Well, you guys, uh, let, let's tell everybody that, that is listening here in the Willamette Valley, and we've got listeners all over the world, but those listening to Willamette Valley, Celebrate Recovery meets on Tuesday evenings. What time and what's the address? Oh, oh. <laughs> the address. Oh. Uh, 6 o'clock p.m. on Tuesday evenings, and it goes from 6 to 9. Mm-hmm. We have uh, 6 o'clock dinner starts. We, have, we eat together. And then at seven o'clock, we start from seven to eight. We have kind of a about a half hour worship, and then a half hour of either a testimony or um, uh, a lesson. Mm-hmm. And it alternates lesson testimony every other week. And then from eight o'clock to nine o'clock, we do small groups, which is really a therapeutic time where we right. get together and um, share. And there's a focus question, of course, and it kind of keeps us on track and. Uh, the groups are really great. Uh, yeah. How many do you? What's the attendance? Um, the attendance uh, it fluctuates a little bit. You know, it's been a little bit different now because mm-hmm. of the season. Sure. Right. Um, right. But you know, we have anywhere from sixty to eighty. Wow. Yeah, and so for this area, that would be that would yeah. be a good number. Yeah. 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 So pe- just because a person isn't formally going through the process of becoming a leader and all that kind of thing, they can still come to celebrate recovery. Oh, yeah. Have dinner, be in the worship, be in the groups, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 We, mm-hmm. Volunteers are always welcome. We always love to um, let people be a part of, you know, the, just a lot of opportunities for volunteering. And, and that's where people start, and they, they get to feel a part of. It's just right. like, you know, chairing meetings or um, just being a, being a service. Sure. Um, it's, it's a real... Um, a lift for people who are just, you know, just coming in. So I do have the address of okay. this, uh, First Assembly um, Church is 22817 Santiam Highway, Southeast, Albany, 97322. Okay. And you can actually, you can go to, you can Google First Assembly of God, Albany, Oregon, and they'll, under their ministry Tag. It's now Albany First. Albany First. Albany yeah. First. They yeah. changed right. the name. So it's right. Not so yeah. Albany First. Assembly. Type right. in Albany First. Right. right. <coughs> not to be you keep, could confused tap, with First type Albany. In celebrate Recovery too. Celebrate sure, Recovery. But, yeah. 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 And go and go to the website mm-hmm. uh, and, and check that out. So I'm going to challenge all the listeners, whether you're a Christian or an atheist or an agnostic or you don't know what you are. <laughs> Check out Celebrate Recovery. You know, it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you. And you might just get some good food. Yeah, come down and check it out and eat with us. Yeah. 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 Good fellowship. There's good fellowship. You know, just uh, (coughs) a lot of good people. 
welcoming uh welcoming it's kind of like a a big family Um, we all just love each other yeah yeah god loves us and and i want to uh i I, and and this show's going a little bit over time because we have a special song that we want to play to close out the show but um i would be remiss if i didn't give a shout out to uh barry and casey t uh they are what would you call them as far as their position at cr they are ministry leaders. Ministry leaders mm-hmm. for Celebrate right. Recovery. And Marcia and I have known uh, both Bear and uh, Casey for. Push. Actually, we knew them. Um, we started going to the same church they were going to when Monty went into prison. <laughs> so oh, that's they, right. They were a big that's support. Right. Uh, they've they've seen. <laughs> yeah, Casey was a big support. Right. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. They mm-hmm. both are. They're yeah. just great people. Mm-hmm. We've known them for a, a very, very yeah. long time. If you need some construction work them. done, Bear can do that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he can. Yeah. And, uh, but, but you, you know, they, these are great folks. And yeah, so are. I just really, I really appreciate uh, both of them. Appreciate you guys coming in and sharing okay. your experience, strength, and hope. Mm-hmm. The topic this week, married to addiction. It was the hook. The truth of the matter is, uh, we're not defined by our idiosyncrasies, our maladies, or our illnesses. We're defined mm-hmm. by the one who loves us, and that is God. Amen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amen yeah, to that. That is true. All right. So would you guys consider uh, yourselves, this is like a yes or no question, uh, an unlikely suspect? In other words, did you ever think that you would be doing what you're doing today back when you were using? Was that going to be <laughs> unlikely that you would be a ministry leader? Very unlikely. Unlikely for you. Very unlikely for you, Kathy. I had no idea. And Marcia, you knew it was going to be unlikely that you'd ever marry someone that oh, would go to prison, or yeah, exactly. <laughs> let alone be a radio talk show host, right? Mm-hmm. Unlikely. Well, this song is by our friend Blake Bullerjack, and it's called Unlikelies. And uh, he is uh, he is a person who has struggled like we have, and is in in long term recovery uh, for depression. Mm-hmm. We're talking about different different hangups and hurts mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, his wife is undergoing chemo right now, mm-hmm. and she needs your prayers. And uh, if you would keep them in your prayers, that'd be great. But here's his song called Unlikelies to close out the show, because I, I guarantee you, I never woke up one day and thought that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. I thought I was probably going to be dead before this. And our yeah. God is the God of unlikelies. Check this out. Amen. God of abandoned, rejected, betrayed. God. Unlikely me to be a part. 
Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man with Martin, Kathy, and Marsha. We're wishing you a happy 2016 and God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.